Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. The 2020 World Junior Hockey Championship, which kicks off on Boxing Day. Will Canada reclaim gold in the Czech Republic? Well, let's ask our next guest, Mark Spector, senior columnist with Sportsnet.ca and author of Road to Gold, the untold story of Canada at the World Juniors. We say good afternoon to Mark. Mark, how are you? Very well, Rick. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks for joining us today. So Canada uh, won their second and final pre-tournament exhibition game today. They doubled up the defending champs, uh, Finland, 4-2, to the team that knocked Canada out of the quarterfinals uh, last year. Um, is Could this be another golden year for Team Canada? Well, I think it always can. Uh, you know, the difference between now and, you know, 10 years ago is we're not so sure who's going to win this tournament now. Rick, and I think that's what makes, I think to me as a sports fan, that's the beauty of it. I like to see Canada win things, but I don't necessarily want to tune in and know who the winner is going to be before the game starts. And, you know, that's sort of the the whole progression of the Canadian program of excellence has been such that uh, we used to get dominated, then we dominated for a long time. And now we're back in the mix and, you know, we've got a puncher's chance like anyone else, but it's not a sure thing anymore. Uh, it is, uh, at least in recent memory, gold or bust for Canada, but it always, it wasn't always like that. And you mentioned this in your book, Road to Gold, the untold story of Canada at the World Juniors. When was that switch flipped or turned on? Well, I would say that, you know, it's, it's hard to know exactly when. We, we started out this thing in the 70s. We used to send our Memorial Cup champions you know, over to the World Junior Tournament in Leningrad or Helsinki or something, and and they'd be minus a couple of the guys that helped to win the cup last year. We we you know they didn't we didn't have a real take on how to play on European sized ice services back then. We didn't know how to handle European referees back then. So you know we we changed the way we do it and put together an all star team and Hockey Canada put together the program of excellence and. Not long after that, you know, we we mastered the art here, right? We became, you know, we figured it out. What we learned one year, we we took to school again the next year and sort of figured out the whole way to do it. Now, as I said, now the other countries have looked at us and said, okay, we got to catch up to Canada. And you'll note that a you know, country like Finland, a little country of four and a half million people, I mean, that's there's more people that live in Ontario by a large margin. Uh, they've won three out of the last six World Juniors because they've figured out how to kind of centralize a team. And whereas our boys play together for, let's say, a month uh, in December, their guys play together all year long now. And back when this tournament started, and certainly through the first half of the 80s and maybe even into the 90s, it wasn't really a must-watch or a must-consume or a must-attend event for hockey fans, but it has been over the last you know couple of decades. When did this tournament become a must-be-at or must-watch? Well, it, it wasn't a must-watch because it was a couldn't-watch. <laughs> you know, That's true, too. Yeah. The, when this thing started, CBC would give you a game on TV one game a year if Canada was in a gold medal position, some years there was no games on TV. So I would say, Rick, that the real turning point for this thing clearly was it was 1991. Uh, there was this little sports station in Canada that was, you know, trying to get off their feet. They didn't have much content. They needed some ca- uh, Canadian content in particular. You might have heard of them. It was TSN. 
and they ran across Hockey Canada, who had all this this programming at all these different levels, including the World Junior, and they made a deal. And, and in 1991, TSN made, at that time, the very risky decision to show all the Canadian games on TV. The tournament was in Saskatoon, and TSN, you know, they were sweating about it. They didn't think that showing, like, eight Canadian games, it might not be a good idea. Well, by the time that tournament ended, we were sitting there, and uh, it was a Sunday afternoon. The game was in Saskatoon. It was Canada-Russia. It was 2-2 with about five minutes to play in the gold medal game. The entire country now is watching this game. Like, they are fixated on this thing. And John Slaney from Newfoundland scores the game-winning goal with around five minutes to play. And, you know, that was an absolute home run the very first year they did all the games. And it's it, nobody's looked back since, Rick. It's certainly taken off from there, yes. Mark Spector is our guest, senior columnist, sportsnet.ca, and author of Road to Gold, the untold story of Canada at the World Junior. So if you're searching for a late Christmas gift, this would certainly apply to any sports fan. Um, the 2005 Team Canada team, uh, the quote-unquote all-star team, um, is probably considered the best-ever world junior team, would you say? Oh, no question, right? It was, uh, you know what, the first best-ever team was probably in the original lockout year, was 95, and that was like Ryan Smith and Ed Jovanovsky and, and um, you know, Eric Daze. Those guys didn't lose a period of hockey back in 95 because there was no NHL. Well, 10 years later, in 2005 in uh, North Dakota, it was a full lockout year. Like, we didn't play hockey that year. And this team was, you know, this was a team of guys that would have had five or six players in the NHL. Patrice Bergeron returned from the AHL, where he, the Boston Bruins had him playing in Providence. Uh, Sid Crosby was playing on that team. Uh, you know, the list goes on. Ryan Getzlaff, Corey Perry, Shea Weber, uh, Rajan Bolshaman, uh, it just, it, it didn't stop. There was just a, you know, the cover of my book, there's a picture of those guys huddled around the net. And if you just look at all the nameplates, Rick, <laughs> on that roster, Andrew Ladd, you know, you can't, it was such a fabulous team. There again, they never lost a period of hockey, the entire tournament. Brent Sutter was their coach and his entire mandate was to keep these kids from believing anything that was written about them, how good they were, and keep them on task and on focus. And by the end of the thing, they were playing Russia in the gold medal game. They they ran Alex Ovechkin out of the game. They hit him so many times. Uh, the, uh, the kid in Dallas, Hudobin, the goaltender, had started. He got pulled about 20 minutes in. They won that tournament decisively, and that, my friend, was the best hockey team ever to dress at a world junior unquestionably i think there were seven players on that team that uh went on to win an olympic medal either in 2010 or 2014 or both uh yep. and nine players have won at least one stanley cup from that team it's incredible <laughs> it is it's a good team i mean we knew they were good then right but when you look at you know we knew crosby was good but for instance patrice bergeron was a minor league player at that point we didn't know how good he was well, Patrice Bergeron's one of the great players in the game today, and Shea Weber, I mean, I listed off the names, that, and I've forgotten a few. So, yeah, they're a good team, and, and they're still good today. They make up the basis of our Olympic team even today. Incredibly, three players never played an NHL game. Uh, Stefan Dixon, Jeff Glass, and you mentioned Rajon Beauchemin. That, that I find very interesting, especially for Glass, because he was amazing in that tournament. 
You know, it's funny, Rick. I had a, a chapter I did in the book that I, I liked a lot uh, was Jeff Glass. That year was the goalie of that team. And he went, he tried and tried. He got drafted. I think he was in Ottawa's chain. And he ended up in Europe for a long time. And he finally, finally, two years ago, came back and played his first NHL game. Oh, he did? Okay. After He did. He did play an NHL game. He, it was after about 14 years. Wow. And the funny thing was, he he got he was with Chicago, and the starting goalie Corey Crawford was hurt, and the backup wasn't playing well, and they started him in Edmonton, where I sit today. And one of his defensemen was Brent Seabrook, who was also on that '05 team. And Brent Seabrook was just shy of a thousand games in the NHL when they did that. And Jeff Glass was playing his first game, and you know he never really had the career we thought another guy was justin pogi i followed glass and pogi's career in a chapter and and pogi played a few games in the nhl he was an 06 goaltender for canada but you'll remember that the leafs had tuka rask and justin pogi they were the two best goalies in that tournament in vancouver and everybody in toronto said hey we got two great goalies we're gonna have great goalies for years well they traded tuka rask they kept justin pogi and you know pogi never really played and to this day, he's playing in Sweden, Rick. He's playing for a team called Rogla over in Sweden and having a nice career and building his family across the pond. Wow, great story. Who on this team um, should Canadian hockey fans be paying attention to? On the Canadian team this year? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a good question. Uh, the la- I would say that like the, the, the young superstar would be the Lafreniere kid. Uh, out of Quebec. He was on the team last year uh, as a 16-year-old, if I'm not mistaken. And he's, you know, he's your resident, probably going to go first overall guy on this Canadian team. After that, there's just the usual collection of real good players, but we're not all sure how good. You know, and I would say to you that a guy like Kirby Dock would be a, a shoe-in but he's playing for Chicago this year, and they're not letting him go. Uh, so, you know, we've got a group of guys here. That we've got some goalies. I've watched the Hofer kid play a little bit uh, in the last little while. I like him in goal. The Oilers have a kid named Olivier Rodrigue, a young goaltender. Uh, and up the middle, they're strong. Listen, this is Canada, man. We've got the most good players at age 18 and 19. But... Uh, I don't know which ones to tell you are going to be the best ones. Past Lafreniere, I think we got a real good crop that could either win the gold medal, Rick, or I was there last year when they lost out in the quarterfinal game to Finland and everybody went home without a medal. Yeah, sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. And uh, when you don't, certainly here in Canada, we have national summits and things have to change or, uh, you know, questions are always uh, always asked. Uh, if someone were to pick up the road to gold, the untold story of Canada at the World Juniors, what's what's the main take? What's your favorite part of the book? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think my favorite part of the book is a, is a there is an old cat named Murray Costello who's still with still around and he's retired now. But you'll go back, Rick. Remember the old Canadian Amateur Hockey Association? Yeah. Which is, of course, the forerunner to Hockey Canada. Well, in that case, it was about 1980, and we were sending these Memorial Cup teams over to the World Junior Championships, and we were getting killed, and it wasn't much fun. And Murray Costello sat down in front of the heads of the three junior leagues, the Western League, the Quebec League, and the Ontario League, of course. And he had to sell these guys on... A concept of, 
He said, look, I know it's Christmas, so you guys are having home games, and everybody wants a big gate over Christmas. Everybody's at home watching hockey. But he says, I need your best scorers. I need your captains. I need a couple of your goaltenders. I'm going to take them over to a tournament in Helsinki or St. Petersburg, and we're no one's going to see it because it's not on TV yet. But if you guys give me your best players, we're going to build something here that's going to have us. It's going to make junior hockey look great. It's going to help your junior clubs, and you're not going to regret it. Trust me on this. And thank goodness Murray Costello, Rick, was such a such a salesman because he saw this World Junior success coming before anybody else did. And really, he's a big part of the reason why we're here today. I told that story in the book and you know, really went over the whole interview. And it was a lot of fun, and I learned a lot doing it. So I hope if you do pick the book up out there, uh, you learn a lot as well. Should be a great read. Mark, appreciate the time, and enjoy this year's tournament. And, and Merry Christmas, Rick, and to all the listeners out there. And the real tournament starts the 26th. I can't wait. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thank you. Mark Spector, senior columnist, sportsnet.ca, author of Road to Gold, the untold story of Canada at the World Juniors. Again, if you're searching for a a Christmas gift, if you're battling with shoppers today or tomorrow on Christmas Eve, and you're thinking there's a sports van in my family, I got to get him or her something, uh, this this is the book to get. Because we know this is a tournament that millions of Canadians will be watching or listening to, consuming online, chatting about it in social media, talking about it around the water cooler. It's just one of those events, one of those annual happenings that bring Canadians together because uh, we want to see our boys do well, and I'm sure they will, in the Czech Republic. Game number one is on Boxing Day uh, as Canada takes on the U.S. of A. It is a 1 p.m. Eastern start time. Again, they're in the Czech Republic, so I think most of the games either start at 9 in the morning or, or thereabouts, and I believe the last game of the day is at 1 p.m., so it should be a lot of fun. Canada is in a group in uh, with uh, the USA, Russia, Germany, and the host Czech, so it should be a lot of fun. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.